to IEP Radio, a show dedicated to the education of all things indoor environmental quality related. And now here's your host, Michael Schrantz. Welcome to IEP Radio. This is episode 27. Today I'll be interviewing Dr. Lauren Tessier, for president of ICI, or the International Society for Environmentally Acquired Illness, who has been in service to the nonprofit since 2017 in the roles of secretary, vice president, and general board member. ICI is dedicated to helping practitioners learn how to diagnose and treat environmentally acquired illness in their client population. Dr. Tessier serves clients from all over the world via in-office medical care or through educational wellness consults. She also provides one-on-one private training for practitioners looking to improve upon their mold-literate clinical skills. Dr. Lauren Tessier is a practicing naturopathic physician who's licensed by the state of Vermont, and her practice, Life After Mold, in Waterbury, Vermont, is the East Coast-only formally certified CIRS-literate naturopathic practice. Life After Mold services those suffering from multi-symptom, multi-system illness complicated by comorbid conditions such as MCS, MCAS, and chronic infections including Lyme, co-infections, and others. The free booklet, Mold Prevention 101, authored by Dr. Tessier, is available on her website and has been circulated worldwide. You can find Life After Mold on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Pinterest. And now, welcome to our show. Dr. Tessier, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me, Mike. It's an absolute pleasure. It's such a pleasure having you as well. I know it's been a minute or two since we last had Vice President, uh, I believe, Mary, Dr. Mary Ackerley on talking about ICI. Really excited to get into a lot of t- current topics that are new and exciting and have changed since that time. There's so much to talk about. And one of the biggest reasons that we wanted to bring you on was to kind of update the public on what ICI Uh, For those of you that don't know, International Society for Environmentally Acquired Illness, it is a mouthful, but it also brings a mouthful worth of information to the public and what uh, we are doing as a nonprofit organization. And obviously, what better way to have our very own president here today to kind of bring us into the fold. Um, I wanted to start with just some simple conversation, uh, something to get it going and, and let the public know what's going on. Latest and greatest with ICI, what are you seeing that really is our hot topics or hot research things going on that ICI is a part of? Yeah, yeah. I think um, there's a few different points that ICI has been trying to work on being the forerunner uh, of in the the past year or so. And one of the big ones has been um, uh, fundraising and research. Uh, Last year, for our Giving Tuesday, and thankfully we have another one coming up soon. Uh, We had the public really reach out in a phenomenally powerful way, uh, donating a a large lump sum for research purposes. And those research um, goals are really something that ultimately will be integral to um, our clinicians and therefore for the patients they serve. So um, we're really excited about that. Um, I believe the numbers were upwards of, where were they again? I think you were at 40,000 plus or minus, but well beyond what I I, I would have imagined the public would have responded with that amount of money uh, for the, the broad research topics. There's so many uh, out there, but these are common topics that uh, a lot of people are familiar with when we think about mold and mycotoxins and things of that nature. Right. And it's really uh, research that uh, people have been wanting to get done 
uh, for a while. And while I can't specifically disclose it for everyone right now, there will be some really uh, powerful information uh, coming up soon that I think will help uh, a lot of people move forward in their questions about their health and how to navigate it really. So, and, you know, I think that's really one of the um, starting points for ICI. I just see the clinical questions and the research questions getting more specific and deeper and deeper um, in the years as they come. And I know for a fact, uh, our research committee is some of the, the best brains in ICI. And I know even after I'm done with my presidency, you know, that committee, along with all the other great committees we'll have, will just keep chugging away in service to ICI. So, um, you know, we do have our Giving Tuesday. I should say again, coming up, um, you know, after, after Thanksgiving, U.S. Thanksgiving. And um, it's, it's just another wonderful opportunity. So we're hoping that people will keep their ear to the ground uh, with regards to when that will happen again and see um, what they are able to donate, if they're willing to donate, and maybe even just learn about ICI first, you know. Um, it's wonderful to give a monetary amount to ICI, but even giving by educating yourself about ICI helps us spread the word. So um, no matter what, check us out on Giving Tuesday for sure. Absolutely. You know, I got to say, uh, again, I know I mentioned, I, I was just extremely overwhelmed, um, maybe surprised, shocked, but in the positive, seeing all that money come in because I didn't realize there was that kind of response. I mean, I, I was involved in, at least in helping uh, as a as the current treasurer seeing that uh, money come in um and and just going wow this is the public speaking to you guys and saying that this is a real issue because chronic illness when we talk about uh, you know low dose exposures or the inability to rid ourselves of toxins all these classic tag lines that we use is a very real thing um ICI really separates itself from uh, a conventional medicine model uh, that sort of thing. Would you mind taking a moment to just kind of maybe share with new new listening ears what what separates ICI from, say, a general clinician's website or um, the difference between having allergies and why some seasonal allergies and why somebody may come here to learn more? Sure, sure. So before maybe I do that, I really want to reiterate on the fact while we're talking about money, this money, that ICI is a nonprofit, and everyone working for the board um, is working, you know, uh, out of their their heart and their generosity. So, I think sometimes people hear the concept of money in healthcare, and they get a little, you know, oh, what is this? But uh, we're a nonprofit. Uh, we were established in 2017, and was really created out of um, out of a want to bring more attention to how the environment can really underscore um, the, the start and the cause of complex chronic illness. And so, you know, we, a lot of us really started out from a mold perspective of how the indoor built environment you know, can cause these issues. But along with that, we, we've really brought on other things that kind of coexist because no health issue really um, exists in a vacuum. And I always tell my clients, there can be more than one thorn in the lion's paw, right? The, the old story of the, the lion and the mouse. And so while our backbone is really the indoor built environment, mold illness, sick building syndrome, water damaged buildings, whatever you know you may call it the, on whatever day you're encountering mm -hmm. it, um, along with that also comes, well, what's happening with 
you know, uh, chronic heart disease in the indoor built environment? What's happening with the Lyme in the indoor built environment? What is happening um, with any pretty much symptom in the body in the interface of the built environment? So, um, you know, how we differ really is that we are trying to actively create a dialogue that helps to underscore connections that um, might not really be clear the, the first time around, you know, we potentially have a, lost in the conventional model, maybe. Absolutely. Absolutely lost in the conventional model. And there's a, there's a time and place for everything, right? Um, not to poo poo the conventional model, not it, at all. you know, when you need a hip replacement, you need a hip replacement. When you have an asthma attack, and you know, when you, when you need an EpiPen, you need an EpiPen. Um, but you know, we're really working to try to, to, I keep having this mental image of like a, a flower blossoming or a lotus blossoming, this, this opening of this really complex and intricate topic um, of which we understand we're only just starting to dip our toes in, even for those of us who have been in this field for so long. So um, yeah, I, and I think a lot of our movement forward with regards to the environment and complex chronic illness and how they kind of intersect doesn't come out of a place of, hey, we know it all. This is the thing. This is what we're doing. Pay attention to it. It's more, hey, let's investigate this together because there's there's something here and let's talk about this and see if we can help some people while we do it. And I want to interrupt you on that just because that part resonates with me. Um, I, even in my own experience as an environmental professional, so I'm looking at more of the environmental piece, the building, not working as a doctor, not playing clinician, but working with them, um, is that there there are some people, some organizations that um, I feel maybe it's out of fear, maybe it's out of greed and wanting to sell something, maybe it's just ignorance, I'm sure there's a good explanation, seem to always come across as something is black and white. And it sometimes comes at the cost of the person's health. It might be something as simple, well, not simple, but something as easy as a, an inspector saying, oh, you're fine, you have no problem here, because they're not being critical enough of the home, because they don't understand that you, the susceptible individual, doesn't need 20 square feet of mold growth, to use an example, on a wall to have some sort of exposure. In fact, a lot of the people we work with, the exposures aren't always obvious, like that 50-gallon drum of benzene I've referenced in the past, or the 20 square feet of mold growth. It's oftentimes hidden or underappreciated, like a moldy crawl space. Well, mold can't come up through there, or, you know, toxins, that sort of thing, is that there's also this issue with pride and ego in some communities and groups where you can't be challenged. Uh, how dare you ask this question or, or that you don't feel comfortable knowing that you, you don't have the answer to everything is where ICI is like literally the opposite. It's the yang to that yin where people are able to come in and say, you know what, we don't know this. That's why we want to bring the brightest minds together. We want to have a dialogue because you're right. It's not black and white. If it was black and white, you'd be able to buy the solution on online. Uh, you wouldn't need to just research this. So I just don't know. I, I guess what I want to say is I'm proud of ICI because they are a nonprofit really trying to bring consensus with difficult topics and not being afraid to acknowledge that. No, we don't know, but we're going to work hard to figure that out versus getting some line that something is, in fact, a, uh, this has to be a problem when maybe it's not or ignoring another issue that's more complicated. This mm -hmm. is the first group I've ever been involved with that has that dynamic. Right, right. And I think that 
fosters a sense of community. And that's really something that um, I really want to hold up ICI and, and honor it for what it does for its sense of community. But I also want to push ICI and have it grow even more of a sense of community. Um, and I think that that humbling to the idea of we don't know everything, um, it's, it's so important for people to be aware of, especially even clinicians. Um, when you are able to tell a client and you say, you know, I don't know, I'm not clear on that, but I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to go do some research. I'm willing to check with some of my peers, do these things. Will it turn off some clients? Sure. I'm sure there's some clients out there who want the right answer from the right person and they want the clarity, but um, there are, I would say that the bulk of clients, if you honor them with your sense of vulnerability and your lack of dogmatism, they, people just resonate with it and it builds rapport. And I feel like it brings more of um, a humanity back to the, the context of medicine, you know, back to sitting with a client and being two people trying to hold space and figuring out what the heck is going on in this moment. So, um, you know, that's what I really love about ICI is that there is no dogmatism in ICI. Yeah. There is no black and white. And I really feel that that has fostered a sense of community. I think there are some practitioners who do come to us and they they want a sense of clarity. They want step A, step B, step C, step D, so on and so forth. But will they find that with us? No, not necessarily, but will they find kind of guide ropes, you know, to I keep picturing like Tarzan swinging through the jungle, like you could grab this rope or this rope, but nonetheless, we're going to help you identify the ropes and which one to grab and maybe at what appropriate time rather than, you know, the 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 straight shot path of what is step is coming after next. So, um, you know, if people tend to resonate with the concept of an artful practice yeah. where it's able to be um, applied to their patients, where it's able to be changed and, um, you know, uh, it's a, a malleable approach that ICI really uh, works on fostering for people. And I would say it like really resonates with our NDs, our DOs, our functional medicine doctors, our DCs, our health coaches. And um, it, it's just really, really great to see such a broad, a broad swath of practitioners really uh, coming to the table and understanding that clear cut protocols are one size fits all does not work. It doesn't uh, work. The proofs in the pudding as they they say, and I think we have evidence of that here with this organization. You used the term or the word earlier, appreciate uh, those who can appreciate the the approach of um, holistic functional diagnostic. I know there's different terms to describe this approach. Uh, but I, I, and I love the ones where it's like, these don't always come with test codes, you know, uh, the conventional right. model, but, um, is that a lot of times the people that are showing up as patients have already gone down that conventional model without success, that, that there's a lot of unfortunate truth to that, that maybe an individual who suffers in some form, whether it's Lyme disease or other sorts of chronic illnesses that they've gone years before they finally found somebody that's more of, of this model 
uh, that can truly help them and make way more progress, Tarzan grabbing the vine, so to speak, than where they were just standing still on a tree going nowhere and feeling very lost. And to the dynamics of the different types, I mean, ICI is still a, an infant, I think, when it comes to its age, 2017, yet this organization, my understanding, has um, 500 or more members from a diverse group of disciplines. And I think that's uh, telling uh, this proof in the pudding of you have chiropractic, you know, professionals working here, nurse practitioners. It's not just some ND, uh, you know, type of title mm -hmm. because they're running into the same sorts of symptoms or what that other people are showing and going, this is not right. This is not just that this person needs a back adjustment or something mm -hmm. like that. There's more here. So it's a testament to um, the, the, the breadth of the concern about mm -hmm. chronic illness and why people are feeling the way they are and how can they get out of that type of an exposure or how can they improve their bodies to where they're, uh, again, there's so many different acronyms and examples, but your toxic bucket isn't, bucket isn't so full. You have more room so you can function. Um, even, even professionals, I mean, as, as, as again, going back to that common as an IEP, being able to work with other IEPs, ask questions in confidence and not feel like, um, I should have known the answer or, th or that I'll be judged that I can say, well, what do you think about this? Um, is such, it's a necessity because how can you grow? How can innovation come if you're not challenged, if you're not inspired to ask those questions? I don't know of another organization like this that does it. It's wonderful. Right, right. And I, I've been stuck on the medical end during this whole entire conversation. I mean, Mike, would you be willing to talk about the, the IEP end? Like, I feel like I'm shortchanging our organization. The whole point of us coming together is so we can bridge that gap between the doctors of the indoor built environment and the doctors of the body. You yes. Know? Yeah, no, I'll be happy to. I think um, another unique thing to, uh, to Lauren's point is, is that you're, there's a big focus on the environmental piece. Now that can, that can stretch across layers, you know, it could be diet, um, uh, that sort of thing, um, supplements you're on, things of that nature, but there's this environmental piece where they're like this, this could be a big, aspect of why this individual is not getting better. So you introduce the indoor environmental professional who's been trained, uh, again, broad strokes right now with this idea of assessing the home and saying, okay, do we have a water damaged building? Do we have some off gassing of chemicals like formaldehyde? Now we have EMF, um, electromagnetic frequencies, that sort of thing coming into the play and asking, you know, 100, 150 years ago, uh, not even that, uh, we weren't dealing with the amount of exposure to EMF than we are today. And now you've got the advent of 5G and all these other things. And you're wondering, are we just adding to that toxic soup of things, um, segueing uh, to ICI, being able to bring these different disciplines? We have people that know a lot more about EMF than I do. We know a lot. We have people that know a lot more about mold or chemical exposures or about remediation techniques, cleaning techniques that they've learned. And it really is like the school of hard knocks. You're, you're learning from your experiences of what worked and didn't work. Uh, what I love about ICI, a, a, a shameless plug for the IEPs who maybe aren't members that absolutely should become one, is the amount of resources that you have, for example, um, ICI has, um, they have committees and there is an IEP committee. And, uh, again, to your point about not being able to release too much information, but a lot of exciting things, um, that will be revealed, um, at the upcoming conference, which we have not even talked about yet, um, nice. is, um, 
is that we're creating 101 documents. How many of you that are listening have been like, you know, I just, I need something fundamental on remediation or tell me a little bit more about the test. And I'm hearing all kinds of stuff like do this test, don't do this test. And you ask 10 professionals what they think. You get 10 different opinions. Um, contents, that's a tough one. Should I throw everything away? How do I go about dealing with this? We we went for the juggler as IEPs with some of these <laughs> topics and are currently actually finishing up with the help of uh, this all this volunteer work from the IEPs and some of the wonderful staff we have, the co-executive directors who are putting together these pieces that will go into giving some information that the public can get their hands on or members can get their hands on. We're figuring out all those dynamics right now to answer these questions. You know, it's expensive. No one's going to spend $10,000 to do a bunch of different environmental sampling if they don't have to, or they want to be able to justify, do I really need to remediate my crawl space? Do I really have to throw away my photo album? Um, because there was mold on another item 20 feet away. These are really, these topics only occur, only come up what, what, about every five minutes. And so it's such a thing that we need to talk about that um, the, the board members, the organization has allowed us the, the freedom to kind of really put these bright. And there's a bunch of people that are IEPs that are on the board, are on the committee that um, are helping get this stuff out. So I'm excited to sh reveal this information. Once it becomes official, we're still kind of fine tuning some of this stuff. But that's just one example of what the IEPs are doing uh, for the public and the professionals that work with us. Yeah. Yeah, and we're absolutely blessed for that. Um, for what every physician that we have, every practitioner we have, we have, yes. you know, one one tenth of an IEP for every yes. every physician, or it might even be a smaller fraction than that. But um, you know, we we are very thankful for our clinicians. Um, but I I would also love to see um, the IEP uh, list grow too, because. If you sit down and you actually pick, look at the map and see where some of these IEPs are. I mean, yeah. it's they're so sparse. We we need more of you guys. We need more. We need more. And you know what we need? Right. We need some good remediators too, as a part of the IEP crew. We need it's some tough good to come by, right? Uh -huh. You have uh -huh. you have IEPs on here, myself included, um, that offer virtual con consultations to people. Yeah. For the primary reason is that there are a lot of people uh, around the world, but certainly in the U.S., where you they don't have local help. They don't have a, a remediation company, a local inspector that is vetted, um, proven themselves to to honor best practices. It's not necessarily about perfection, but again, just guiding you down like Tarzan again in the right direction. Uh, even when it comes to local professionals working with that patient, that client and saying, okay, well, how about we do this work and maybe you guys can do the cleaning DIY. Let's work together. Let's talk about the pros and cons. It's that critical thinking. It's getting outside of the box. It's getting outside of that um, framework of someone calls you up and I charge $400 for a site assessment and like this robotic response, which is more indicative of like the conventional traditional model of assessment and, and, and slowing down like you do. And, and sitting and listening to the client going, okay, this is what you're telling me. This is what I'm hearing. Let's, let's, let's start with this. Let's do this in phases, let's, digestible bites that you can work with. But Lauren's absolutely right. I mean, the list of clinical 
uh, professionals is huge on here. And there's no, there's no reason why we can't grow the IEPs. I think it's just simply awareness. If you're listening right now and you know of somebody who's critical thinking, who seems to lead with the heart and not a dollar sign, that that's kind of the, that's kind of like your foot in the entry door to kind of come in and get involved and join. There's an easy process to do that. And again, maybe just to talk a moment on culture is this is just a different organization. This is like, there's a big welcome sign uh, for you. This is not, you know, Lauren and I don't stand to make money by telling you you should join. This is nonprofit. We work for free. Um, but the amount of resources, if you're a full member, you get access. I mean, I, I don't want to misquote, but you get access to a forum where you're able to talk and ask questions. And every day I get a, a Reader's Digest version of what's being asked. And we're talking about the current topics. And between the uh, the clinicians asking questions and allowing me as, as my time allows to digest the topic and better understand some crude fundamentals and being able to ask specific questions. Maybe it's about an air filter. Maybe it's about qPCR testing versus Petri dish sampling or that culturing. Uh, this is the easiest way to do that. So tried to plug that membership as much as I could, but I mean, it's so important. And, and, and for the amount of information you get for the membership prices, I mean, it seems like it's hard to beat. When I, when I think about our listserv, I, I, it's almost like um, thinking back to when, you know, maybe clinicians were in school or in their residency and kind of going in and doing their, you know, um, kind of uh, their setup and prep for cases and then going through their cases, sitting with the patients and then kind of um, sitting down and defragging afterwards and going over the case. Um, some of us miss that after after school some of us don't some of us just miss having some type of camaraderie and people to bounce ideas off of and that's really i think the the coolest part about the listserv is you get to have these really in-depth conversations with people and even if you aren't involved in the conversation you get to be the fly on the wall for some of these really like cool concepts of like, hey, you know, phosphatidylcholine, but then, you know, what's happening with, you know, the way it's broken down and how that might cause some inflammation and what product might you want to steer away from and in what case might you want to use this and what did their snips look like? And like, just to be a fly on the wall on some of the, I would have to say the, the nerdiest, meatiest content, but in the, the best way possible, <laughs> you know? It's, um, it's really, it's really profound. And, you know, no one's really going to poo poo you if you're like, well, could you reiterate that? Or could you share a little bit of more information about how I can learn more about that? If there's something that's not clear to you, there, there are people here who um, have been at the starting level. I was at the starting level, you know, I do not know everything. I will say that right off the bat. Um, and I think pretty much everyone in ICI is willing to admit that. Um, but that's why we're here is because we know how hard it is to kind of bring this information together um, and, and sit down and digest it and learn from it. There is such a big, an unnecessary wall, a big icy cold wall of, you know, between being in the know and just starting and ICI is really working on breaking that down so that way we don't shame people when they have questions when they're just getting started so um you know that's I think one of the other beautiful parts is no matter where you are on your journey in this practice 
you're going to learn so much. You're going to learn so much. And without, um, you know, just to tag a little bit further along about uh, what some of the things that ICI does, um, you know, we have conferences and, and there's webinars and there's, I think we're doing monthly Q and A's right now. Would you mind sp taking a minute or two and just kind of touching on any of those points? Oh yeah, absolutely. So when we entered into our, our current reality with regards to uh, a lot of things being virtual, um, we were trying to navigate it as best as we could. Um, so we you know, said, well, we have our listserv, but that's always been there. How can we grow this? How can we foster more kind of intangible community? Um, and so one of the ways uh, that we did that, of course, was bringing our conference virtual and with all of our future conferences with the possibility of also being virtual. Um, but what we did to kind of bolster that up even more is to bring in Q&A sessions where board members who have you know, been in practice for quite some time, um, once a month on Tuesdays, it might change you know, um, depending on the month, depending on um, how people are available. But um, our board members come in and they'll either have an open Q&A for any of the membership to come and throw questions at them. Um, they might have a little bit more of a um, presentation to show. But no matter what, the best part about the Q&A is we invite everyone to have their cameras on. So that way you can actually feel like you're sitting in a room and having a dialogue with the person answering you know, the questions. And um, Mary's done one, Werner's done one, uh, Jill Carnahan's done one. I'm sorry, I'm using everyone's first name. <laughs> um, we, it's just been really wonderful. And I'm hoping that as time continues, ICI will work to navigate even more ways that we can enhance our virtual community, um, especially enhancing our international virtual community because we are an international society after yes. all. Yeah, and we're still growing in that field. I know I've been doing more and more work out of country um, directly due to this organization and people being able to find us, that sort of thing. Uh, any comments? Is it too early putting you on the spot about upcoming conference stuff? Yeah, no, no problem at all. <laughs> um, well, I can't really say um, the particular speakers because uh, we're still working on contracts and whatnot. Um, we have a really uh, great, phenomenal array of speakers, um, some really big names, and of course, you know, dialoguing about um, mold, but then also dialoguing about the body's interface with our environment, uh, dialoguing about. Um, <laughs> Uh, cervical cranial instability and how that might fit into the picture. Um, and so we, we have that coming up in May of 2022 in Colorado. I believe it's May 18th to 22nd. Um, and we'll also, of course, be having our pre-conference where we kind of give everyone their, their foundational so that way they can do that chunk and they can hop into the conference and you know kind of get up to speed on some of the, the bigger topics. Um, that's going to be another uh, amazing conference, and you know we've we've had some absolutely wonderfully dedicated board members uh, involved on that committee, uh, meeting weekly for a period of time, planning that and getting that together. So a lot of work. It's going to be another scenes. great one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this will be our third. So um, yeah, and even our virtual conference last year in the fall of 2020 yeah. went went well. It went wonderfully well. So. Um, 
you know, back where, when everybody was more unsure about the technologies working okay and, and all of these other things, it was relatively smooth. Right, right, it was. We were absolutely blessed on that front. And we we're blessed that all the speakers showed and gave their all and all the exhibitors came and supported us. So um, we are hoping, uh, because I know it's kind of on the, the front of everyone's mind, we're hoping or at least planning for um, May of 2022 to potentially offer a virtual option. Um, and we are also planning, you know, if, if things change with um, any uh, pandemic issues, we do have the option to pivot virtually if need be. So it sounds like no matter kind of what, uh, what our world throws at us, we, we will be carrying through with some type of great conference. Hard to navigate a pandemic. Um, I've seen the challenges firsthand. So applaud um, the conference committee and all the others that are involved in that process to dodge all of these or to overcome these challenges. Obviously looking forward to getting uh, more information to the public as soon as possible once we can do that, but it should be exciting. Uh, it's jam packed. Um, it's been an issue of trying to thin the thing out because it's overpacked if anything. Yeah. Um, so so it's looking forward to that. Um, that's exciting. Um, talked about the Q&A, um, been a part of that. That is wonderful. I love it. It's, nothing's more one-on-one -on, -one on being able to have that experience and just get to the meat and potatoes of your questions or your concerns. You know, yeah, yeah, that's all great, but here's where I'm at. And being able to talk to somebody who's in the know or at least as a, a, a good authority on a topic that you can yes. feel confident getting that information from. Um, so much available to membership. Um, real quick, maybe not a lot to talk about, maybe a lot, but on the patient piece, um, somebody's stumbling, uh, they're working with nobody, they're doing some DIY supplement stuff that they read on someone's blog, or they're working with their clinician who's conventional and just doesn't, seems to be at a roadblock. Say they stumble upon ICI, where might they be some nuggets? Where would a person go, uh, help me navigate this patient to ICI so that they can take from it the most amount of resources as possible? Yeah, so, you know, I, I will say with that being, with, you know, that situation being proposed, um, we are a professional organization. Um, while people can get involved in ICI and seek help from ICI, we found that the most help that we can offer is by navigating through our IEPs and clinicians because one of these people touch many lives. So, you know, at some point, um, potentially, maybe there'll be more opportunity to offer more resources for the public. However, with that being said, one of the tools that we do have on the ICI website is the Get, get Help Find a Professional list, um, where you can go and do your zip code and kind of see who, who the heck is in your area when it comes to uh, physicians and IEPs. Um, some of the other things that we are working towards, um, again, as Mike mentioned, uh, a good example of this is some of the, the 101 documents, informational documents that uh, we would like to offer people. So, um, for example, I, I believe there might be something in the works for like a one-on-one -on -one for remediation. So um, those tend to be kind of the ways that we can best serve um, some of the uh, general public. Um, and we also have uh, a very particular type of membership for those folks who do want to support ICI and still be involved. It's the, the non-professional supporter. Um, and, you know, they, they get to be a part of us and kind of um, shout from the rooftops that they like, <laughs> they like what we are doing. 
Um, and that'll give you an opportunity to have access to a, a private uh, Facebook group that will sometimes stream different uh, talks and speaking engagements to um, that, that public supporter group. A lot of additional uh, helpful links and websites and bits of information on the patient resources tab under the get help uh, on the top. Um, so much, so much is here. It's jam packed. And, you know, I, I tell you, if I went on here, it's always a paradigm, right? It's this rock and a hard spot where you're overwhelmed as a patient you don't have the bandwidth, don't want to have the bandwidth to learn everything, have a hard time maybe struggling with the payment, the cost of working with good help to help you. ICI uh, deals daily with that struggle. So we we're kind of, we try to offer you both. We like, we'll give you as much as we possibly can in a responsible manner that you can clearly access and learn more. It might be a data dump overload, but here you go. Um, right. But then on the same hand, going back to that get health page, uh, you can do that. You can just click on there and see if you have somebody in your area. I don't know the particulars of telemedicine or telehealth now and how that has changed maybe to the advantage of a patient today versus five years ago, but that that might even um, expand the options. Say you live in Podunk, Montana, although we do have representation in Montana, <laughs> not to pick on uh I know who that is too. Our, our um, wonderful secretary. That's right. Um, yeah. But like you know, you 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 don't have to feel like you're alone necessarily. You have a lot of um, uh, resource potential. Um, Lauren, again, ICI is is just starting out. We're growing it. Sometimes what feels at an overwhelming pace. If you had it your way, where do you see? Where do you want to see ICI going? With touching, impacting, diving into new sectors. If if you had it your way, where would you steer this ship? This is a loaded question. <laughs> yeah, you know, for, for people who, who don't have eyes on this, it's a it's a very uh, pregnant pause and a loaded smile. That's so fine. You're allowed to do that. Yeah, um, I I have some really really um, big picture things that I'm hoping to work on. Um, yeah. It might not occur during my presidency. It might be something that happens. Um, in the years to come. So while the, the biggest thing in my heart that I have might not be happening right now, um, I think that um, some of the bigger things that we hope to see ICI involved into is to really be um, a reliable source of independent research regarding this field. Yes. Um, and we know that that's already in the works. And again, you know, the the unbelievable support from Giving Tuesday last year is what really made that possible. And I can only imagine just what we can do um, with, you know, continual funding to really help um, support patients and help support clinicians. Um, the other thing that I would love to see bigger picture stuff is to see, I see I have more international um, members, but also with that potentially some international authority. Again, these are some uh, bigger picture things that hopefully ICI can evolve into. Um, you know, I think people might hear me say this and they're like, well, what is she talking about? And if you've ever been involved in a nonprofit, um, well, it's powerful and beautiful, but there's, there's so many moving pieces and there's a finite amount of time in which to get things done. So while it might sound like I'm kicking the can down the road with some of these bigger picture items um, that I'm holding close to my chest, um, I, I do really believe that um, 
ICI will grow and can really do some phenomenal things. We had our foundation started, our the foundation to our organization started in 2017. And since then, it's just been um, growing every year. Um, and, you know, I, I, I would also like at some point to see um, more in-depth uh, complex trainings. I would love to help ICI navigate um, continuing education a little bit more, more actual CEUs, which can kind of be hard because, you know, from a, a CME perspective, there are very uh, strict parameters on how CEUs are offered. And when you're working with such aggressive and cutting edge science that we have, sometimes the level of evidence can be a little bit tricky to navigate for CEUs, um, but that is something I'm hoping um, to help ICI move into in the years to come and in the conferences to come. Um, and then of course, my, my other big thing that I'm hoping to do with ICI um, you know, in the next and final year of my presidency is to just continue to lay the foundation, that brick and mortar, you know, I'm doing this so that the next people who step into my position can bring it a little bit more forward, a little bit forward and a little bit forward through the, the years to come. The, uh, the, the, the topic you brought up of creating, you know, whether it's a regulation or standardization, some sort of an authoritative document um, sits really well with me. It starts with bringing the minds together, which clearly ICI is already well on their way, finding consensus and then going through the motions and the pains um, to, to find the consensus in, in a world that's complicated. It's, it's complex. And, but being able to do that, I can totally see that um, happening in some respects. We're already chipping away at the beginning side of it, whether it's through the 101 documents or it's the research and development, the R&D stuff that's going on right now. Um, that has been a really exciting thing for everybody involved. It sounded like everyone got excited, like they're going to Disneyland uh, when we realized the potential of uh, what this can do. Again, all to give back to the community. Um, so that's huge. And then, of course, on the educational piece, this idea of maybe there's a certification type program uh, working on that. I know that's been on the radar for a long time. And how can you find something that works? But I can't think of any other better organization anyways that can help get that done with the resources uh, that than ICI does. And so it's such a welcoming thing. And for those of you who aren't members already, I, I'd ser seriously encourage you to to go online and take a look and learn, especially if you're diving in the world of uh, chronic illness or if you're an IEP and you're 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 going back to that same client's house and they're and maybe they're complaining and maybe the old model you were thinking this person's nuts um and maybe they weren't um maybe that person uh, did have an underlying issue and you even have some resources that you can share with them you know maybe you should get a second opinion and not from a conventional doc again everyone has a role to play and they serve great roles but th this is a great place to go um Lauren, any other closing thoughts before I switch uh, to you uh, and and how people can contact you? Um, I I love ICI. I love ICI, and that, that is a, a strong four letter word. <laughs> um, I've been with ICI through some big ups and downs, and ICI has been with me through my own big up and downs. And um, I it's been so inspiring to be a part of something so much bigger than myself and to see it succeed in such um, phenomenal ways. And I really, really hope that 
ICI continues to grow its community, to grow its um, sense of connection, to grow its sense of um, humility, and to grow its sense of um, just, you know, humbling itself to the question of what, what is happening for, for people with chronic health issues. And so far, what I have seen with ICI is it's, it's, that's not going to change. You know, the board members, the executive membership, the um, members are longstanding general members. These people are what makes ICI ICI. And um, I just trust that it's going to keep going forward in a really, really wonderful way. So, yeah, I, I want everyone to hop on board the, the, the love boat over here because uh, it's, a, it's a great place to be. And she means what she says. I can resonate with that. It's it's truly a community of people who have a lot of respect. And uh, ICI actually goes way out of their way to, to honor that um, in our own growing pains and establishing healthy boundaries to honor people who are here for the right reasons and 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 able to behave accordingly. Because um, it can be the Wild West out there. Uh, those yes. of you in this industry understand that. Um, speaking of Wild West, speaking of uh, being helpless, and if someone needed you, if they needed your services, um, wanted to kind of connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, sure. So I do have a website. It's uh, lifeaftermold.com. Um, and for people who might not be as inclined to, you know, mess around a website, I am on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on YouTube. I have some I some really well-received videos on YouTube about how to find a good IEP, at least from my perspective. Um the connection of multiple chemical sensitivity and mold illness, you know, the, the list goes on there. Um, and then I'm, I'm playing around with TikTok. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Boy, you're on all the social media stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't have the time. Um, but yeah, I, I pretty much anywhere that you would find someone, um, my handle is usually uh, life after mold. And I do do medically established in-office visits for people, but then I also do um, educational wellness consults uh, with people who are working with their local provider. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been great. And um, I'm really helpful to be able to help people in kind of my own flavor and in my own lane. So uh, Life After Mold is where you guys can find me everywhere. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, our current president of ICI, Dr. Lauren Tessier, for taking the time to kind of navigate and educate, update uh, some of the latest and greatest and new exciting things about ICI. A lot, it seems like we talked about, about its culture and the glue that holds us together. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time to join us today. Oh, thank you so much, Mike. It means the world to me. I hope you have a great day. The content of this show is for informational purposes and represents the sole opinion of the host and its interviewees only. Any reliance on the information provided in this show is done at your own risk. Additional opinions and or research may change our current view of the topics spoken in this show. We do our best to minimize any inaccuracies presented and make legitimate efforts to back all comments with our own field experience, independent literature, or studies that support the topics discussed.
This information should not be used to make conclusive decisions regarding your health or exposure. Ultimately, all questions and or concerns regarding your health should be addressed by a qualified physician. Additional exposure concerns and or questions pertaining to the health of your home or building should be addressed by qualified and on-site professionals. Any and all products and services discussed in this show should not be construed as a recommendation, endorsement, or guarantee that their use is appropriate for your situation. In short, we hope this information is of value to you, but please do not act upon it without actual and individual consultation and guidance by professionals who have taken the time and appropriate collection of data to assess your unique situation.
The content of this show is for informational purposes and represents the sole opinion of the host and its interviewees only. Any reliance on the information provided in this show is done at your own risk. Additional opinions and or research may change our current view of the topics spoken in this show. We do our best to minimize any inaccuracies presented and make legitimate efforts to back all comments with our own field experience, independent literature, or studies that support the topics discussed. This information should not be used to make conclusive decisions regarding your health or exposure. Ultimately, all questions and or concerns regarding your health should be addressed by a qualified physician. Additional exposure concerns and or questions pertaining to the health of your home or building should be addressed by qualified and on-site professionals. Any and all products and services discussed in this show should not be construed as a recommendation, endorsement, or guarantee that their use is appropriate for your situation. In short, we hope this information is of value to you, but please do not act upon it without actual and individual consultation and guidance by professionals who have taken the time and appropriate collection of data to assess your unique situation.